I always mess up every time I have a guest podcast, like I said. <laughs> Stormy, what Alberto. is up? You have a nice little fuzz on your mic, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nervous? Come from. I'm a little nervous. Here, let's do a little I don't cheers. know why. Let's okay, cheers. cheers. We're, we're recording right now, by the way. I know. What's it been? Like two years since the last podcast? The last podcast was 2020, I'd say. Um, that was a fun one. It first time we met. First time which is ever insane. meeting. Yeah, P- uh, Peter and I. Uh, it was a good one, though, because we laughed at <laughs> a lot of dumb things that shouldn't have been uh, funny. But hey, it's the way it works. Uh, but Stormy, how are you doing? We're at Stormy's Crib right here in San Diego. Um, thank you for joining the podcast. And what's Thanks new with you? Me. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm. I mean, summer's approaching in San Diego. I'm happy to be. We don't have any air conditioning or heating in our Same. house, although it is very sick. But I'm excited for the summer weather to come, mm-hmm. and for some summer content to be released. I got some fun clients with uh, just some fun, sunny, vibrant shoots. So That's your I'm vibe. excited. That's kind of my vibe. Yeah. Someone told me recently. They're like, every time you post on social media, you just give this like hype energy i'm like that's super sick like to the when i'm doing like client shoots or anything i i hope that that's the kind of energy i give off so yeah definitely yeah uh, um, you're definitely an interesting person because <laughs> you're very very outgoing and uh you i guess i've known you for the last two years since we met um i got to know you a lot more better we are we actually did a trip in mexico as well with a bunch of other creatives and that was very fun to experience that with you guys and just seeing your growth from when you first started the videography freelance space to where you are now is like an insane growth. And it's like, I'm very proud of you of as far as you've gone. And uh, just want to know how that experience has been as far as like growing. Um, what's been new that you've been doing? What is it that you've been working on? And uh, just overall, how the hell did you get to where you're at right now? Yeah, I was looking actually back on our first podcast, and I'm so happy that we kind of documented that era of time um, because re-watching it, I thought a lot about the things that have changed, like in the perspectives that have changed, like things that I thought were hard then and the, the obstacles that I then encountered or things that I thought were easy and then just just so much pr- has changed perspectively. And I would say one one major thing that I'm feeling right now is a lot of clarity, like clarity in the people that I'm working with, clarity in the direction that I'm going, clarity in how my career aligns with my lifestyle, aligns with my values, aligns with my friendships, is intertwined with my whole life. And that has felt so just like in a sense spiritual Mm -hmm. to have that combination of like your career fulfilling your lifestyle as well. So I would say that the things that have um, changed in that have been the people that I've surrounded myself with, the people that I might have cut out of my life as well, um, just to be more highly aligned with that. Um, Kind of more just focusing inward and thinking about the the life that I want to lead in every single aspect of life. So luckily, you're one of the people that's aligned in my life and... um, yeah, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy ride. So it sounds like it's more having a a solid foundation mm-hmm. as far as like a support system for the most part. Um, what is it that, uh, I mean, damn, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with this because we could literally go anywhere, <laughs> but I want to yes. keep it as simple as possible. Sure. Um, I know in Mexico, we shot a lot of cool stuff and I'm curious to know if 
any of that cool stuff is ever going to come out to, to light. <laughs> what do you mean? The one <laughs> thing that I released from Mexico got over a million views. Oh, dude, that... What are you talking about? It was insane. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That, so that cool. actually did blow up like yeah. crazy, crazy. And I remember you... We'd go out and about like, yo, can you ask him to do the, I'm like, no, no, you got to do it yourself. Like, I'll, I'll show you how, I'll tell you how so to for, say so it. So for context, uh, yeah, we went on this creative trip with Alberto, my friend Mar, my friend Gabe, and we intentionally made it a videographer trip to Puerto Escondido, Mexico, mm -hmm. which Alberto recommended, which is just like the most dreamy place in the world. The culture, the food, the music, the weather, the nature, <laughs> the ocean, oh, just such a dream. And it was nice because it was my first time using a camera on a trip because I kind of had recently taken up videography and I've been to New Zealand. I've been to some beautiful places in the world, but this is my first time capturing it with a lens, with that perspective. And I remember seeing the trend uh, with the Frank Ocean music and Pink and White, the song. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to make that trend, but in Oaxaca, of the different frames of people's faces. I didn't really... A lot of trends don't really resonate with me, not to be a hipster, but I really loved this trend because it was all about like people and the souls and the eyes and like this emotion and the different backdrops. And yeah, we went to Mexico and I got a bunch of different people asked them in Spanish. And it was, I think like the first reel that I posted with the maybe a little bit of intention to maybe this blows up, maybe it doesn't. It's, it's really from the soul. And damn, yeah, it really took off and got a bunch of views. And I'm really happy about that. But there is like a 90% archive of footage that has not been released. Yeah. I need to get on that. <laughs> I remember you were, you, were, you were pretty much vlogging it for the most part. Yeah, your yeah. shotgun mic and everything. Um, sending some drone raw footage, which you better freaking use because I got some good stuff. I'm going to say shot by Stormy Kato. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, but like, yo, that video like really did take off. Do you feel like that really um, impacted in any sort of way mm. in a positive aspect as far as like business wise or literally just the numbers? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, you know, I don't think I've ever been one that really cares about numbers on like a surface level. But if we're being very honest and transparent, yeah, like really boosted. It kind of boosted my confidence in what I'm doing is impacting people and can have a huge impact on people. Um, my color grading has improved. A lot of people mentioned the color grading. I've been really trying to zone in on that and watch a lot of YouTube videos. I started out in real estate, which is very realistic looking. You know, you don't want to do the teal and orange you at a really real estate grade. shoot. It's more color correction, if anything. Yeah, add some contrast, add some vibrance, but really getting into like the different tones and the highlights and the shadows. Um, so yeah, that really boosted my confidence and you need stuff like that. I don't know if you'd agree, but like you need sometimes like a client to hit you up and maybe the client doesn't even work out, which I've had a lot recently. I've had a lot of clients. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my dream client. It ends up not working out. But in that moment, it kind of gives me some reassurance like, wow, Stormy, you've built yourself up to the level where you're attracting this level of clientele. You are on the right track and you need those ego boosts just to keep you going because it's so easy to fall in the pitfall of, oh, my God, I don't even know how to color grade a clip. Oh, my gosh, I don't even. Why am I a videographer? Like, I should just quit right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just seeing that, uh, <laughs> you're, I mean, you're following us as well, like went insane for that freaking post, which it's cool. There's a lot of um, in the comments that I saw, like, just, again, complimenting your color grade and what I'm like, which I'm glad because, like. When I first met you, I think you were shooting straight out the camera because I'm like, dude, try, try S-Log, try S-Cinetone. And then you actually finally sucked your teeth into, I'm not going to say master because, I mean, there's always room to improve oh, even for no with way. the greats. 
<laughs> but like yeah. you actually did a really hell of a job with that specific video. Um, do you have any um, trips in the future coming up? Trips in the future, especially the summer. Up. Or are you just booking yes. busy? Yes. So uh, we have like a snowboarding trip. I think I'm just going to go one actually at the end of the month. Um, I haven't focused as much on snowboarding because San Diego is a very surf town, and it's freaking expensive snowboarding. You know, Alberto, oh, you're yeah. you're a fellow snowboarder. Oh yeah. How many trips have you gone on this year for this snowboarding? This year, I've gone. You still got spring season, four baby. Four or five. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> been it's been the best freaking year ever as far as like snow conditions. Uh, I mean, we're still getting rain even in April, which is amazing. And they extended the snowboard uh, the mountains until like the summer. I know Mammoth is open until at least July. So, but it's not a cheap <laughs> hobby. That's for a no. fact. Thank God I have some friends that have the Icon Pass and they just kind of let me use it. So, like, I got that on the low. So, you watch an Icon, you watch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm at the Buddhist part out. out here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I'd be curious to see it, how your snowboarding content would be. Um, <clears throat> like, do you imagine yourself taking yeah. like the camera and gimbal or just like GoPro route or how are you thinking? I mean, I usually actually don't. People always ask me, Stormy, why don't you film surf content? Why don't you film snowboard content, et cetera? It's because I usually like to be without my camera during those things. If I were to film surfers all the time, that means when the best swell comes, when the best snow comes, that I'm not the one on the mountain. So that's why I kind of purposely go corporate. But uh, Babe Kombucha, which is a beverage company that I work for, I do want to get some fun... Uh, beverage. We're going to go with actually like 10 girls of my close friends from San Diego. We go. We're going to bring a bunch of babe kombucha and a cabin of one of our friends, like grandparents. And yeah, just get some fun mountain content, maybe just on iPhone. Because yeah, I even saw you do some pretty good stuff in mm -hmm. uh, Santa Monica or Venice Beach, should I say. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool seeing that. And it looked like, I mean, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like iPhone footage or whatnot. I mean, it still looks very good because it's very organic looking. Yeah, we have a mix of iPhone footage and like nice photo. We have some drone that's still to be released, but. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. We're drinking some beers over here. I mean, it's only it's not even I'm 12 I'm trying to be yet, extremely ladylike. Anyway, I did it off the mic, but <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna cut it out. Maybe the, the last time I asked Alberto to cut something out, he kept it in. So. I keep it raw and organic <laughs> over here. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I do it, appreciate that. How's it been working with such a big brand like uh, Babe Kombucha and like others <laughs> like ClickUp, for example? Yeah, so I mean, Babe Kombucha. Yes, they're like a big brand right now. We just got into Sprouts. We just got into grocery outlets. Air One, Los Angeles. Like, come on, Haley Bieber and all the likes. Like, have drinks there. That's amazing. But, you know, Babe started as a small brand and, and, you were when there I, when you and I was there yeah. and that's been the cool growth. Like they're actually right near my house and I used to jog past them every day and I saw this sign and it was really unique. Like a circle said Babe and I was like, huh, like what is Babe Kombucha? I don't really know like what Kombucha is. And long story short, made them a free video. I was just doing real estate at the time. I, I wanted to branch into like beverage photography, videography and started doing social media for them. And not to say, I mean, it's been a huge team effort. Everybody at the Babe team works so hard in marketing and finance, et cetera, sales, in person. Um, but it's kind of cool to know that maybe without, at, at, at the start, they only had iPhone marketing. I feel like most mom and pop shops, even like of chains, course. they still use iPhone because it's usually yeah. not necessarily what they could afford, but they just don't know much. And that's about. what I commend them for is they were so aggressive with their iPhone 
marketing and the guerrilla marketing of in person, like going into coffee shops. Like, do you do you have babe kombucha? Do you want to have babe kombucha? The guy Vinny is from Brazil, and I think it, he's so charismatic and so charming. And so I saw that. Okay, here's a great product with a social media platform, but that doesn't have professional level photo and video. How can I maybe send them some free stuff and get it in their minds that they can elevate their content with professional marketing? Yes, maybe a photo of a can like this, it's on a nice camera, might not get as much engagement as first because the local community is used to that like iPhone, more mom and pop feel. Right. But I would like to say that maybe they would not have gotten into Air One to be as bold to say, Without professional photo and video, they wouldn't be there. Bro, that's because a that's fact. what luxury grocery stores look for. Like, are you taking your marketing seriously? Are you investing in professional videography, photography? Like, okay, that's kind of the barrier of entry, as silly as it sounds, to be able to get into this location. No, so that's, that's, that's cool to be a part of this story. I'm I'm really proud of them. Two things. One, as far as like the quality goes and get landing on those bigger stages as far as like audiences and whatnot. No, it's a fact. Like Yes, it's easy. Everyone everyone and their moms has an iPhone at this point that shoots 4K, 60 or whatever. But if you want to get to that next level, you do need to step up your content game as far as the quality aspect goes. And this leads to my second point. Like you doing some content for them for free landed you a relation, a business relationship for years at this point. Since I've known you, since the whole time I've known you for like the last two and a half, three years at this point. How is doing some free work beneficial to your career because i feel like a lot of creators are such are against free work um they just feel like they have a two thousand dollar camera and they just feel like all right i'm worth x amount of dollars now just because i have that camera in my opinion no you don't you need to show the portfolio you need to show the your work ethic your um are you business savvy can you have these conversations with these execs um so if you want to tap on into as, as far as like the free work aspect yeah, so my opinion on free work. Luckily, when I was at the start, I had a really good mentor named Evan, and he told me that free work is only ever good if that free work is going to lead you to bigger and better clients. So if you're out here doing free work for a baby shoot or you know a beverage shoot, et cetera shoot, that's not actually, you don't actually want to do more baby shoots, more beverage shoots, then that is not going to lead you to anywhere good that is going to then give you a return on investment for that free video. So when I was doing that free video for Babe Kombucha, I was like, this is a client that I want to work with potentially long term. I want to get into the beverage industry. So it makes sense to do one initial free video to show proof of concept, which ended up landing me a continuous retainer that's lasted two and a half years with them and that I've grown with them. Um, so... I will never be stuck up enough to say that free work. I mean, I have I have friends that are at way higher levels that take it to I had a friend that did spec work for Spotify. They were like, "Oh, I've already worked with, you know, the things below Spotify." So, but I haven't worked with the Spotify. So, let me do a free spec work video because if that means that I'm going to get on a $12,000 a month retainer with Spotify XYZ, then that's going to be totally worth it. But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend though. I see so many videographers spend so much time doing free work for brands and companies that don't throw cool events that aren't doing cool marketing XYZ. And it's like, that's only going to give you more of the same right. sublime events, sublime shoots. It's not going to lead to more. Can you, uh, do you have one example of, let's say a free gig or a low, even a low paying gig 
as far as doing something that you probably didn't know you want to do, but let's, I think when you first start, you kind of just do whatever, whatever comes at yeah. you. And can My you, first year in videography. <laughs> I'm sure you one of many examples, you have one clear example of like a gig that you're like, I'm doing this for free or on the low, uh, but I just don't see myself doing this in a couple of years from now. Totally, totally. So uh, one free gig that I did that led to one of my biggest clients to date is I did, I wasn't doing any fitness photography videography. And I was like, huh, I've done real estate. I've done beverage. Maybe I like fitness. I was kind of a jack of all trades and just wanted to try everything. So I'm a big believer that try everything, figure out what you like and don't like, and then run with what you like. Um, sometimes you got to do stuff that you don't like to know what that you like instead of just thinking like, oh, I definitely like this and realizing that you don't. Um, so I did, I wanted to try a fitness video. So I reached out, I went on Instagram, looked up hashtag San Diego fitness and I found this guy named Jacob and I did a free fitness video for him um, at this gym called Fit Downtown. Like very luxurious, looks over the Padres Stadium. It's a dope gym. Such a dope gym. I've definitely considered many times to get a membership there. I'm but that this monthly close. retainer is insane. I'm this close, but the monthly <laughs> retainer is insane. Anyway, um, made a shot list. I said, hey, uh, so another thing about free shoots is when you're offering someone to get free content, you're kind of in control of the shot list, like really take charge and take the direction of what you want that shoot to look like. You're offering someone free content in order to build your portfolio. It should be aligned with the kind of style that you want for clients moving forward. So I wouldn't feel guilty about taking charge. The person that's getting the free content, sorry, they, they can't have too much say in it's free content and it's in order to build your business. So it's a two way street that they are getting amazing content, but they have to understand that it's for the purpose of building your portfolio. And that's kind of the trade off here. Did you ever experience any pushback in regards to like, yeah, they see, oh, free, I'm gonna take free content all day because I'm sick of using my phone all the time. But have you, did you ever like catch any, any pushback from like the actual, let's say the talent that were like, well, I wanna go this route instead of this route. But at that time, I had already, from my mentor, luckily, saved a lot of time and, and tears from understanding that this was in order to build my portfolio. So kind of going back to, I showed up at the fitness shoot at Fit Gym, and I shot this fitness video kind of my first time. I shot listed the shots. It was going to be like seamless whip transitions from one to the other in different locations of the gym. And his girlfriend showed up. And I, I really wasn't kind of expecting more people on the shoot. Um, but I'm, I'm happy she showed up because she saw how I worked and she saw like my work ethic and that I had everything planned out. And two days later she hit me up, Stormy, I actually work in marketing for a lot of big brands in San Diego. Do you want to come shoot this luxury nightclub called Sidebar? Um, and at first I thought she said Sidecar, which is like a dive bar down the street that sells like pretzels and beer. And I was like, sure, I'll go. I mean, yeah, it's right down the street. Little did I know is actually when I reread the text sidebar, one of San Diego's top luxury nightclubs. Right. And I went to the shoot and it was a hit. Like I, I really love music and culture and I feel like I do well in situations where I'm kind of vibing with the dancers and the people. And they loved my first round of content. And a year later, we're, we've done like so many videos together. They're one of my top clients. They've put me in places where I'm in front of celebrities like Tia Blanco and uh, just a bunch of high level kind of like people in the industry. And 
Um, they've really elevated my career in terms of having a huge portfolio for nightclub photography. So here I am doing this free fitness shoot for free. And that led to me getting a retainer with one of San Diego's top nightclubs. Who would have thought? That's pretty so. cool. Like, there's like two vivid examples of you doing two free shoots. See, granted, like the fitness shoot didn't like it didn't take you to like the fitness world, but with that shoot, it still le led you to another year, two year retainer with this other nightclub, which is yeah. So cool. imagine if I had been too stuck up and said like, I'm not going to do any free shoots. Like, I'm too good for this. I should be working for DJI already. Like, that would have never happened. And right. I'm really. The people that work there are great. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy with the clients that I have. Babe Kombucha is uh, very vibrant and local, and they're growing. Uh, the same thing with Sidebar and, and ClickUp and a few other clients. Just great people to work with, and I couldn't be happier um, to be continuously working with them. All right, it can't be all great and dandy, because you're working ah. with, it sounds like you're working with the best ah. of the best, but I'm sure you still have your rotten tomatoes <laughs> out there, rotten apples where it's like, you know, Jeez. I started from the mud, Alberto. <laughs> yeah, you, know that's a fact. I, yeah. you know, I started from the from the dungeon. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to get top tier out here. No, now. of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's very easier. It's easier said than yes, done. And I know, you, I know you've oh, put yeah. in the work for sure. You've done a lot of shitty projects out there that you just are not in tune with. But how does it feel being this dope and successful in such a male dominant space? Sure, sure. I, I think. One of the last times we talked, you know, I had had some experiences being a female videographer, some, some negative experiences. And I just want to say first and foremost that I, I really, really, really try not to, in my industry, kind of play a card of like, poor me, I'm the female videographer, you should hire me just because I'm female, just because of this. But let's be very honest, being a female in this industry, it is different. It is very different from the client initiation and their... What I've learned there is always in the back of your head, is this person just hiring me because they think they, they're gonna go out to dinner with me? Because they think they're gonna it's gonna lead to something else. And that thought doesn't really ever go away. And I continue to have those experiences. Jeez, even um, till now. Even till as now. As successful as you are and killing it. Yeah. And luckily and that's why I really try and align with companies and people that I know are disciplined in that respect and would still because let's be honest too like sometimes stuff naturally happens you meet someone in the office you guys meet you actually do get married blah 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 blah. but first and foremost if you say you're going to do business with someone make sure you're doing business with someone whether or not that's going to lead to something else in the future and I've just seen so many times where the first dm or, or thought is hey let's go out to dinner to discuss the potential of hiring you for media in the future. And it's sad because I know if I say, hey, I'd rather book first and then maybe we can, you know, I go sure. out to dinner with clients and, and things like that, do that in the future, and then ghosted. I hear nothing. And I know it's not about the price. So, yeah, being a female in the industry, you, though, as sometimes much of a disadvantage as that can be and maybe something that males don't experience as much, I do believe in trying as much as you can. Like, I fully admit that sucks. Fully admit right now that that sucks, that that's an aspect, that it's not fair. But what am I going to do because of it? How am I going to, if you if you play this victim mode and shout to people like, you should hire me just because I'm a female, just because I have a disadvantage. 
I think that's not going to lead to a constructive business and kind of like pushing through that adversity. Instead, I just really try and push past it and put that much more of an effort to align with people who don't have that thought process, which I'm very lucky that my current clients all respect me just for my work, for the person that I am. But I would say if I were to say one thing is I don't post myself a lot on my feed of my Instagram. And I've kind of done that intentionally because I don't want people to kind of judge a book by its cover and to hire me for reasons ulterior to just the quality of my work. Let the work speak for itself. And I can tell you for, as a guy, A, I've never had anyone ask me to go to dinner. I would take the dinner because I want to get some nice, nice, I'm meal, gonna, nice meals. I want to just get a sugar daddy at this point. <laughs> but as far as like, hey, like those conversations like, of like, hey, let's meet up and see if we can potentially work. It's either via Zoom or if anything, I just had a, a meeting recently and that was yeah. just a coffee. That was like a 45 minute coffee. And that's it. But not like dinner. Not and late at night. And that's what makes me sad is knowing like, let's be honest. Me being a female videographer, 90% of my friends and colleagues are male, which, like, I love my male videographers. But being so, I have conversation with you guys, and I see that you don't experience that, and it's irrefutable. You don't experience that. And that's, yeah, just sometimes a hard pill to swallow, you know? Yeah, I, I don't wish that upon you at all, but it's just, it's sad that that's sometimes how it is. Yeah, and it sucks that this is just a sad reality of how things are working um, but I do appreciate the fact that you don't have the feel bad for me mentality um, you let the work speak for itself uh, you clearly doing you know what the hell you're doing right now and you're, you're clearly killing it with all the clients that you have right now and uh, I mean I remembered like I said like two three years ago when we first met like you were doing one-off jobs and now you have like full-on retainers and you learned so much as far as the business goes um, is there any like tips that you could give to any young creator or a specific female creator that's like thinking about getting into the videography space, not just photography, because I feel like there's a lot more females in the photography space, but the video space is like, for the most part, it's 95% men. Totally. Fair to say? Yeah, no, super fair to say. Absolutely. And so like, is there anything that you could tell that young viewer or listener, hey, if, you, if you're passionate about videography, take these steps. <clears throat> If I were to tell my younger self, which I don't regret any part of my journey because I tried all different niches and that led me to figuring out which niches that I did like. And I found out how to do all niches for my path successfully. But one thing that I wish I would have done sooner is going after that retainer model, having a business model, because I, I look back and think about kind of like counting all the dollars that I might have missed by not locking someone into that retainer, which is ultimately beneficial for not only yourself, for financial security, for peace of mind, for getting better at your craft week after week after month after month, but also better for the client that they're getting consistent client and getting to build a consistent brand. Um, so I wish I would have locked into retainers a lot sooner because even right now, like the amount of emails and DMs, it's hard to keep up with right now. And I would much rather send one proposal and have a three month to six month contract. And then the communication is cut down significantly. The energy is more poured into my work than into emails and to prep work, et cetera, than be doing 20 different projects, all with 20 different proposals that are just one-offs and ultimately at a lower price point and not being consistent with marketing. So 
I would tell my younger self and any budding videographer to start out looking to get into retainer models sooner. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what about you? What would be like your advice to your younger Alberto self? I know you've been in the game for four, seven years, five, five years, six yeah. years. I forget. Uh, <laughs> I know we got this gray over here. We got this. Jeez, man. Marriage life. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, but what I would say to like the younger uh, creator, and I've said this many times, I'm going to go even like more base level uh, from what you said. Just kind of like, you, I mean, you kind of said it earlier, but shoot everything and anything um say yes to almost everything as, as long as it fits with your morals and whatever you believe in but like there you will find out what you do like to do and what you hate to do so let's say an example i thought i wanted to do um let's say I'm trying to think of something without dissing any current clients if i wanted to work with like <laughs> Mom and pop shops, let's say, like a mom and pop shop restaurant. And A, I ended up realizing, A, there's not that much money in the mom and pop space for me speaking. And uh, I thought I wanted to do that. But in reality, I find out like, A, it's a lot more work. It's a lot more emails or texting communications, a lot more communication, communicating, working with like a lower budget client um, rather than working with like a high budget client where it's like, all right, here's the invoice. All right. I'm going to pay you right now. No questions asked. High budget clients will always, the lowest paying clients will always expect the most. They I, always will I expect the most. That's the expect reason. you to wake up at 5 a.m. Expect you to expect a $500 video, uh, video to look like a Nike commercial. And the highest paying clients will always be the most easy to work with. And they will just trust that you're going to do your job. So save yourself the headache, save yourself the energy, have some dignity, have respect for you and your client. And Go after those higher end clients that know your value. True, yeah. and like uh, even like on the way here, I was having a conversation with one of my current higher paying clients, and pretty much expressing like, "Hey, man, we really love working with you. We love your communication. We love everything that you're doing. We love the quality, blah 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 blah." And like that really feels good. Like it, I sometimes need that validation. I'm like, "All right, I'm doing something right," because like uh, there's been instances words of where affirmation. Of course, <laughs> there's been instances where I work with like let's say a lower end project where. I send them the video and I send them everything and you don't even hear back. Like, did you even like it? Did you hate it? Like no, no feedback. And I'm like, all right, sure. Cool. And it's just, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but kind of like you said, like the higher end clients for some reason, I think because they have that they're so busy too. I think like the busier, I, I think higher level people, they just, they just are busier and they want like, they hire people that they already know and trust through their work. Um, that they're going to do their job versus kind of on the lower end, more of their budget, more of their monthly income is like all going to there. So they're kind of, they have this anxiety maybe around like it not being worth their value. And so in, in that regard, they nitpick everything because right. they want to get the most value out of it. And as much as I understand that, I it's exhausting as, as a videographer to work like that on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis. And in a way to avoid that, guys, I think, where they're texting you at 5 in the morning, they feel like you're on call on their schedule, is to, like, <laughs> set some boundaries, like, set some hard boundaries in their initial conversation. And it's like, hey, uh, we're going to communicate via email, not via text message. First of all, they don't really have my number for the most part. You taught um, me that. <laughs> I've been getting better at it. Yeah, and so, like, I... <laughs> 
don't like seeing text messages first thing in the morning. I do not disturb my favorite. What about when ever. you're like, oh, I'm five minutes away from the location. That's different. I'm 15 minutes That's away different. from the location. Yeah, like once I have the contract, I will request their phone number and of course their email, obviously. And then from there, I let them know like status up. It's like, hey, by the way, uh, I'm like running 10 minutes late if that were to happen. But setting those hard boundaries of like, hey, these are the expectations and these are the deliverables. This is what's going to happen as far as like the, the procedure goes. So if you want to do 20 more revisions, just know it's going to cost you by doing those 20x revisions. You ever done 20 revisions, Alberto? Bro, I've legit, I've <laughs> off revisions, I've made over $1,500 on just revisions Damn. on my project before. So guys, do not do free revisions. That's a fact. Guys, purposely fuck up so that you can revise. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but like, if there's like certain corrections that I clearly messed up on, I don't really count that as revisions. Sure. Like if I were to do a typo on, on text or something like that, which oh, happens no, to be quite of often, course. honestly. Yeah, and that, okay, so that's another thing. Let's talk about accountability and um and and boundaries i mean i think a lot of videographers what i've seen is i i had recently one videographer hit me up in the dms he's like hey can you connect me with the, like this big festival and um and i was like hey dude i sorry i don't actually have any connections with this big festival but i looked at his work and i was like you don't have any portfolio to work for this festival and at that time I was trying to work for this big festival, actually, in, in fact, myself, but I'm not going to, you know, gatekeep or anything. Like, if he's got the work, like, and they want to hire him, let it ha let him have it. But I and, I, and I looked at his Instagram and I said, hey, you don't really have any portfolio to be qualified for this festival. Have, do you have things that you haven't posted? No. And it, and he replied with, I feel like just people in the videography space are just not giving me a chance to to try this avenue. And this is a high level festival. The people that are working here. What are we talking? To? Are we talking like Coachella or cross cross festival oh, in San okay. Diego, which, which, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is a, which is a big one. Um, it's an honor to shoot there. It's like such a sick. I mean, some of the best DJs yeah. and house music and tech music. Um, an amazing venue on Waterfront Park and. Yeah, I was really like kind of kind of stunned at at the entitlement of here I am, you know, working on a nightclub, high level nightclub, doing my stuff, and I'm still not, you know, maybe working for Crossed. No worries, but um, I don't blame it on anybody else or anybody else for giving me an opportunity. I think yes, there is a little bit of luck involved, but you create your own luck from doing free gigs, and, and that's the stuff that I told him. I said, hey. If they're not hiring you right now or they're not noticing you right now, maybe you need to build your portfolio. Well, how do I build my portfolio if uh, I'm not working for high-level places like that? Dude, hit up your 10 friends. They probably know a DJ. You actually probably have a DJ in your friend circle. And go film him for free and build your portfolio. At the local club or something, yeah. Yeah, it might take four months, five months, six months, a year until you're able to work for that bigger festival. But, like, don't come to me and, and, and diss me for other videographers not giving you the chance and opportunity when you don't have the portfolio to back it up. So that's also another thing is take accountability as a videographer. When you make a mistake, when you do something wrong, it's actually a lot easier and will save you a lot of time and will save your relationships. It's much faster to say, I'm sorry, I'm fucked up. Hey, here's a solution and we can correct it. You're going to build a big, dig a way bigger hole for yourself if you're constantly in the victim mentality. Everybody's against me. No, I didn't make a mistake. Dude, it made you fucked up. Get over it. Yeah. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. And this, go this goes back to the entitlement as far as like, hey, just because I own an A7S, I deserve <laughs> this gig because I have a $2,500 camera body. Yeah. It's a $1,000 lens. 
bro, it's not just it's not just the camera, man. It, it's about like you said, the portfolio. Like when I first started, I was shooting everything, like literally everything I could think of, man. Like, and it's gotten me to a lot of cool. It's opened a lot of doors for me, and so like. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like the whole TikTok and Instagram real space where it's like they make things look so easy right now. Like, hey, do you want to be a billionaire and have a Bugatti right now? You just got to follow these. You just got to follow these three steps, and you're gonna get that right now. Oh, by the way, six click my, figure. Click I'm so link, sick of hearing it. <laughs> click the link in my bio for my masterclass too, just if you want to learn how to get that. It's like, bro, that is. I mean, is, uh, that is a sort of marketing tactic, yeah. but I think it's a little trash in my opinion because you're not being fully transparent. Um, there's a reason why people that are killing it are killing because they got, they've done the work in my opinion. Yes, there is that slim chance of like the luck Your parents bought you a camera. And, sure. and yeah, I think everybody, you know, everybody starts at different levels. And I've always said this is everybody in life in anything is dealt a different hand of cards. It's not about the hand you've been dealt. It's about what you do with the hand that you've been dealt. So stop playing the victim and say, okay. This person was dealt this deck of cards. I was dealt with this set of cards. Yeah. You know what? My deck of cards kind of sucks, but I'm going to make the most of it and try and use my ingenuity to make the best of it and see if I can get ahead. And that's the best success stories. People have, hey, if one person has done it, there's no excuse why you can't do it. True. So. And it's one of the reasons why I value our friendship and like people are close to us, like Mar, Adrian, all them good, all them good people, because we have. Uh, not the exact um, upbringing, but a similar lifestyle as far as like, hey, nothing was handed to us. We had to like kind of make it happen for ourselves. Yeah. And it's why I appreciate you guys so much. And it's, it's really cool that you we're all like pretty much close, um, tightly knit for the most part. We're going to have a nice little video creator event this coming this coming weekend. Some volleyball. Little, some beach volleyball. Are you going to volleyball, Alberto? I'm a beast. <laughs> I'm gonna spike. Gonna spike I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it like on the meet, uh, meet the parents, spike the ball on your face. Like. That's one thing I can't do. Listen, I'm five two. I'm a pretty good beach volleyball player, but I, I mean, I can't spike. It's like physically impossible for me to spike. So I'm usually the spiked on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that might happen. Don't, don't, don't get me, don't get me pissed off. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. um, no, but I agree. As far as the entitlement goes, with the social media microwave content that we're creating right now—not we are creating, but that's being thrown out there—it does make it look. E it does make it look easy. You want to make six figures? That's like the buzzword right now: six figures, six figures. And, and I'll be a fault. I've, yeah. I've used that term plenty of times. Sure. Um, but I mean. But so this is where I want to transition to. Also, like I think there's a buzz. And sorry to cut you off if you if you have anything, but. Um, the six-figure six mark, I mean, yes, it's, like, an amazing aspiration to go to, like, an amazing milestone in life, but that's another thing that I've caught and gotten clarity around in my life. Like, have I been close to that? Yes, but am I obsessed with that number? I've recently become no because I also just want videographers who are first starting out in this space or any space to know that get very clear on the lifestyle that you want to live and then make your career towards that. That's just my personal advice is, hey, if you want to go live off grid and you don't want to spend that much money, you don't care about clubbing, you don't care about fancy restaurants, whatever, that genuinely brings you happiness and you realize, hey, I only need 5000 a month to make that happen. And I can save and still, you know, be a responsible adult, whatever. Then you don't need to make six figures right. per year. I know, I know now that I'm in this more luxurious space, I know people that are making bank that are miserable because their entire life, their entire career, what they're doing is absorbed with 
their daily tasks and they, they don't have the freedom. They're, they have to continue to work for a company that is not passive income, that is constantly needing um, them to be present in whatever capacity. I know people that are making 3000 2000 per month that are the happiest people ever. They have time to dance. They go barefoot on the beach. They live like hippies. Hey, I'm not saying whatever lifestyle is correct. You can be a millionaire and also be really happy and just be using your money wisely and your, and your time wisely with your friends and family. But just get very clear on what amount of money is going to let you live where you want to live, how you want to live, with whom you want to live. And then let it go from there. Don't be so fixated. And that's given me recently a lot of freedom in knowing where I want to go forward and how much money I want to make and not being so obsessed with a numerical number. It's a rat race, baby. <laughs> but, I mean, we are, specifically here in San Diego, Southern California in general, it's a very hustle-driven culture, I think. Surprisingly, right? I, got, I oscillate back and forth with San Diego because it is that chill, like, surf beach town you know i got my surfboards i came here trying to be a surfer and there is that like an ocean beach and pacific beach but yeah in the city like people here work fucking hard and everybody lives with a roommate if you're not living with a roommate like that's because you're hustling to the 10th degree (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah there is definitely um yeah there's there's uh there's a passion here for sure for that um so you just have to figure out if where you're living if that's your speed. Before you moved to San Diego, did you have this like hustle mentality? Because I mm. mean, That's even if you don't want to say you're you're yeah. not a hustler, I think you're a hustler. But you know you're you know how to balance it for the most part. Sure. But did do you think like the city made you like all right? I'm I need to like, go hard now. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, something I've definitely thought about. Um, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, where nobody's nobody. It's kind of nice that nobody's nobody because we grew up just like running around the grass, going in the waterfalls, like not caring whose dad is who, etc. Um, but I've always been a very passionate individual. I think that's just from a, some of the some of the traumas and some of the things I've experienced in life, and also some of the positive things I've experienced in life is I've always just been like, hey, we get this one gift of life. Like, let's make the fucking most out of it like why the fuck not like let's be nihilism but like in the opposite way of just like life's a playground let's just fucking do it Uh, I don't want to sit around on a tv and like drink myself into super for like 80 years Jesus Christ and um so I think when I moved to San Diego that was my first time really experiencing like the city life I lived for my first six months right on 8th avenue in the middle of the city which was like a kind of a culture shock Um, and now I live 50 minutes away from the city in a quiet neighborhood, but still commuting to the city all the time. And it's definitely, I mean, I work a lot in nightlife. I work a lot of events and I have an outgoing personality. Um, and I've always kind of treated, I guess I'm 25 now. I've treated my twenties as like, Hey, Stormy, do everything and anything. And again, learn what you like. And it's also a value to learn what you don't like. So even if maybe I don't like working in the nightlife industry all the time because it's it's a little bit exhausting, you're working kind of odd hours. I can't even imagine doing that. When I I see your stories, I'm like, bro, it can never be me. I genuinely enjoy it right now because I'm 25. I'm young. I'm 33 and washed, so yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Things are adding up. Things are adding up. But I, I really like it right now. But yeah, in five years, I might not like it as much because my energy is kind of shifting. So I'm very thankful to, in these three years in San Diego, have experienced genuine city life, very city life, the commuting, everything. 
Um, but as I look forward, I'm very much more of like a hippie, and we've talked about this. I'm way more of a hippie. Nature is like actually my first thing. I spent a year in New Zealand. I've always been into uh, ecology and things like that. So, yes, I look towards the future. I look to build on that alignment a little bit more for the long term. Um, but that doesn't mean I would change anything. And I, I think that a lot of people look at their lives like they have to be doing exactly what they think they're going to be doing in the future right now. And I'm like, actually, the seasons of life, it's sometimes good to just experience, um, again, those, those seasons. Like, I've, I've seen the city, and now I know, okay, I like this. I don't really like this. What do I want to transfer to the next chapter? I like this, I like this, and to the next chapter. And then, and then someday, maybe you find something that's, like, completely aligned with you. But I think it would just be too boring if it was always aligned all the time. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just hearing you speak right now. It's like, damn, like, it's hard to believe that you're 25 years old because you, you speak like you are like 40 <laughs> or something like you have so much Pass wisdom life, and like Pass so life. much, uh, so much knowledge about life and whatnot. But like, I, again, like that's one of the reasons why I, I appreciate our friendship is because like you have that different perspective where it'll like, you like challenge me. We're like, all right, I never thought about it like that. You know, like I, for, I'm kind of like the opposite, not fully, but like I've, been born and raised in Oceanside and I just I love where I live I it's where I grew up and uh sure I mean I've done my travels and I still want to continue traveling but I love where I'm at but again it's like not everyone's built the same you know so I mean I, that's why I appreciate that you're doing whatever the hell you want to do whenever you want to do it and just like some of the sp stuff that we spoke off mic or off air um I'm just like man that's super cool and I'm very proud of you and I cannot wait to see what you do but speaking of long term do you still see yourself creating content or even like for your personal side? Because like we haven't really touched more about your personal content besides the uh, Oaxaca video that you just did. Sure. Um, do you see yourself doing any sort of like personal content or do you just see yourself creating just for the bag? <laughs> <laughs> creating for the bag. Um, I'm definitely at a place in my life where I kind of want to transition a little bit towards I've been creating things for other people for two and a half going on three years. And I've taken a lot of influence from just watching people speak and how they do marketing. And I think I'd be at a really good place to start applying that to myself and my own brand. And I think I finally feel comfortable to do that. Um, it's just kind of deciphering which avenue I wanna take that in. So I, I do have an up and coming project um, abroad that I think would be great for a YouTube platform. I also find that I most resonate with YouTube. It's it's about kind of long form content, inspiring content, authentic from the heart content that I just feel like I can most express myself uh, the best way through that long term content than I can through maybe Instagram and TikTok, which might play a smaller part. But um, I think growing a YouTube community would be really amazing for me and is just that really sustainable form of expression so maybe in the future that's I'm so, coming I'm, out i'm yeah. happy to hear that because like i i'm also i'm an old head where i i love long form content i watch youtube non-stop more than any <laughs> other freaking streaming platform YouTube university it's the best yeah. thing like even just for like even just for entertainment i still watch youtube like you know but i mean as far as that journey goes like creating a whole youtube community i feel like i mean you clearly have the gear and speaking of gear for the nerds out there, what is that you're rocking in 2023? What's in your everyday camera bag? 2023. So perspe perspective, if you saw my first podcast, I started out rocking the Sony a6000, a $1,000 camera. 
Um, got me through some of my first clients, helped me build my portfolio. But today I am rocking the A7 IV, great hybrid for photo and video, which I'm still doing mostly hybrid shooting at the moment. Great in low light for, again, I work at one of the nicest, uh, the top nightclubs in San Diego. It gets me good with that Sigma 2.8, 24-70 lens, good for low light. I do have the Sony 50mm um, 1.8 as well, what's 35 and then on crop sensor um, around 30 millimeters. And I love my little Loom Cube. They're actually, I didn't realize, from San Diego, but they make these tiny little, people often think that it's an iPhone on the side of my camera, but these tiny little lights that project, like, they're so bright, you can control color temperature, you can control how bright or dull that the light is. RGB so as well. So I usually rock, they don't have RGB, uh, they do have an RGB brand, version. but I, it's a pro version, gotcha. and I just don't toy a lot with colored lights, it's mostly gotcha. events. Um, but that is in the gear list. And then the Ronin RSC2. I do need to upgrade my gimbal Same. because I I've noticed that the, the, the motors have started to kind of die after. I mean, I've had it for two and a half years. And I didn't realize, like, the life on a gimbal is, what, about two years. So I always it thought, like, works, oh, I'm going to drop 800 to 1000 bucks on a gimbal. Like, that should last me, like, my life, right? No. About two years, yeah. especially if you overload it with a zoom 24 to 70 lens. Yeah, it's totally good. The fact that you're able to stabilize it with the 24 to 70, which <laughs> is that internal zoom, it's external zoom. It's insane. They say that you, on the manual, it's like, no, you, you can't hold just this weight, you. but it freaking can. Yeah. That thing is a beast. And I just, that's one thing I would like to start using prime lenses a bit more. I know you use prime lenses quite a bit, um, but I just love being able to go from 24 to 70 so fast, especially with the fast pace events. But that's something that I'm looking forward to in 2023 is one, experimenting more with color, and two, using prime lenses more. Right. Do we have drones? Yes, in the Mavic Air 2 drone. People are always saying, I just saw you're actually Potter, and by the way, Alberto has been going freaking hard. Appreciate that. Hard <laughs> on this podcast. My algorithm, I don't know if it's my algorithm or just the amount of content that he's posting, but I see daily, baby. I'm a posting modern daily. creative podcast content like every single time I log on to Instagram. It's amazing. So I really it's commend work, you for <laughs> all the work, and I think that's a direct uh, correlation to the passion that you have for videography and for the people that you're interviewing. So looking forward to seeing more modern creative content and me on Modern Creative Podcast. But... Um, yeah, Mavic Air 2 shoots 4K um, 60, it has great colors, is very lightweight, I can pack it in my bag, um, and my clients are very happy, and people are always like, no, you gotta upgrade to the Phantom, no, you gotta upgrade to this, the Mavic Air 2S just came out, I'm like, my clients are happy, this was 800 bucks, and it's paid itself over. Until this thing crashes into another mansion, <laughs> I'm not getting another one. <laughs> I remember when <laughs> you showed me and Mar like the footage of you crashing. I was freaking dead. Um, I have a quick little side question as far as like your uh, your night night life shooting. Um, do you use a gimbal or do you go handheld for the most part? I honestly back and forth for the most part it is handheld. Just I, can, because I can't of even imagine you a gimbal with like in a tight club, you know. The first time my first few shoots I shot like primarily on a gimbal because I was just so used to gimbal work and I, I love that like really smooth, buttery look of a gimbal. But um yeah, I mean people are having the drinks and I'm like holding it above holding it above my head, like trying not to get a drink, but it's just so bulky. Right. And that's when I finally transitioned to just handheld and 
at first, actually, for the first few shoots, I wasn't having a wrist clasp. And I was just holding it. I think having a camera is actually a very good training for having a child because you are holding that thing. Like, you're not going to drop it. Like, nothing is going to happen to this. Like, this is my $3,000 baby. Like, this nothing is going to happen. But I recently got a wrist strap, and it's, like, changed the game. I can, like, dangle it. I'm, like, not worried about if some drunk person runs into me and my cam my camera falls on the ground. So... Yes, definitely. I mean, whatever event you're doing, if you're doing it handheld, get a wrist strap. Um, and I do pull out the gimbal on specific moments. So, for example, we had, like, the owner of the nightclub had his birthday, and sidebar, uh, the nightclub, they brought out, like, a big tray full of money, and I really wanted to get a clean shot of, like, transitioning from the money to the owner of the nightclub. And yeah, for a longer, you might longer, want a gimbal for yeah. that. So that's another thing is just really... Sometimes for events, you can't do pre-production as much because it's like just how the event unfolds. But you can in the moment be like, hey, could I run in the back real quick, set up my gimbal in, in two minutes and get the shot more buttery smooth with like a better transition. So do you yeah. see yourself because I, I mean, based on your stories, I see you do a lot of vertical content, especially like with your um, talking heads uh, content for clients uh, for that specific night shoot. Do you use because uh, I know it's I mean, you, sh you export it at vertical. Is it shot vertically or is it like? It's a it mix now. I've recently started, I mean, for ma actually the majority of my content, I've shot vertically and um, on a gimbal at least because I just haven't gotten advanced to the L bracket yet, which like I recently have started shooting in L bracket. Um, if you're going to, I what I do still love and maybe you can resonate considering that we're filming this in horizontal content right now is the beauty of horizontal is it can go on YouTube horizontally, which people want to watch YouTube, a seven minute, nobody wants to watch a seven minute vertical video. Nobody wants There's to watch a There's a reason why Instagram got rid of Instagram TV because it wasn't, it wasn't working. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the great thing about horizontal is you can go on YouTube. It can go on Instagram. It can go on TikTok. If you only shoot vertical, you cannot put that on YouTube. You cannot put that on log longer form content. So, um, just depending on the clients, I'll either, if I know it's only going to go on Instagram, TikTok, it's just vertical. But if I know they're doing multi-use, like a lot of realtors who want to build like a long-lasting brand, the beauty of YouTube, you have 100,000 followers on YouTube, which doesn't sound like a lot, because if you have 100,000 followers on Instagram, people are like, are you even an influencer? Blah, 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 blah. It's like 100,000 followers on YouTube, they're so loyal. They're yeah. way more loyal, and they're more likely to engage with your content. It's better to have 100,000 uh, YouTube followers than it is to have... Two million, even Instagram, because like, how loyal are they to you? Always, all the time. No so, big, big facts. I've yeah. always, that's something I've always said. Like, I've told many people that, like, dude, like having a larger YouTube following or subscribers, those are like real people compared to like Instagram because Instagram is filled with bots. And the like, comments are nicer. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. True. So like, I always say, like, dude, I'd much rather have a YouTube following than an Instagram following. Mm. Right now, I have a more of an Instagram following than YouTube. Right now I'm at 1.1k subscribers. So in just the how many months that you've been doing modern? Uh, for the last 13, you're like episode 15, 16 at this point. Wow. So 16 weeks. Um, so like YouTube is definitely the wave where it's really easy. Like if I were to like somehow convert this to like and monetize it, it's a better better way to monetize that bad boy via YouTube rather than Instagram. But yeah, what's I, the projection for modern creatives in the next like? I'm going to use a key term, six figures. I'm kidding. No, and, and that's not bad. I don't <laughs> think, like, because it is, like, such a huge milestone. And I think given our current economy, the value of the dollar, like, 
you can live a very comfortable lifestyle of six figures. I, I think that is why it is used so much. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. Right, right. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, Storby, um, is there anything that any other last minute tips that you have for any creatives out there um, geared to specifically females, if you want, whatever you whatever you got, whatever you got going on? Man, we touched on we touched on some of the ones about female and just being clarity in life. It doesn't have to be necessarily be yeah. creative. It could be life. I mean, you. It's a lot of wisdom right now, so it's a lot of bars sure. right there you got. How many bars do I have left? I <laughs> well, I got, I got to create five, so <laughs> yeah. you have two more to go. Yeah. I've been counting them. It's so funny because, like, as someone who would like to think that they're, like, to inspire people, then to be, like, think about inspiring. Th- I, I think just just my life got a lot easier and I found a lot more peace when I just started to create from the heart and make sure that my clients were people that not only resonated with me of course financially to support my craft but who resonated with my heart so you know one thing I love about ClickUp the company as a CEO is really into giving back to the community and and really inspiring and improving the average person's life um, and when I started to really align that. I, I, I think it's, don't underestimate how easy it is to blink and to be kind of caught up in the wrong friends, in the wrong clients, in the wrong direction of life. You could think, oh, I would never work for someone that supports these values. I would never be friends with someone that supports these values. Really, really, really take into consideration and with intention. I always consider myself a very passionate, loyal loyal person. But if you surround yourself with people who don't have those values, you're setting yourself up for failure to eventually, you are the, the percentage of the people that you surround yourself by. And I know that's a cliche phrase that's always put on like those entrepreneur accounts, but it's so fucking true. So really, really, really make that a forefront of whatever you're doing in life. Love it. Love it. Stormy. It's been a pleasure catching up with you. Um, Ditto. I'm going to have to get you on the podcast another time at your new adventure three eventually. Hours. <laughs> yeah, three-hour <laughs> Potter. Uh, but, guys, uh, Stormy's information will be in the description below if you want to connect with her via Instagram. And, uh, yeah, let her know that you guys listen to the podcast all the way through. Throw some headphone emojis or some camera emojis, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.